0: Good evening everyone and welcome to another big edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast and it's a pleasure to do this one, isn't it Nicky and Macca?
1: Oh, it's always a pleasure, looking forward to it. <laughs> Particularly this just one a though. a
2: little bit more, a
1: little
2: bit more special.
0: <laughs> just a massive win. Um, the biggest win I can remember this club having for quite some time to be honest with you.
1: Well, the top four side to beat, and they are a genuine top four side, and a very, and their chock is full of talent as well. So it was very, 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 well, it was a well-planned win, I thought, and um, it wasn't the most fascinating game to watch if you'd been a spectator at the ground. Very interesting if you were watching on TV because you could get a closer look at the action, but overall, an excellent win.
2: Um. It it was kind of funny because there were a lot of people around us who were quite frustrated and who kind of kept yelling out, just kick it, because they're the type of supporters who actually (laughs) out the ground don't look ahead and notice that there's three GWS players just all camped in that spot where he could kick it to and none of our players. So, yeah. Um, But the group that I go with are fairly astute footy watchers and we're all saying this is like one of the, one of the best games of football we've actually watched because even though the, it wasn't high scoring, it was a really absorbing contest.
1: Yeah, well, it really you was. Can you, you can, yeah, so you could say it was a top class contest, Nicky, no doubt about that. Um, it wasn't uh, fascinating football in the sense of like uh, no dashes and lightning dashes out of the field, and magical goals apart from any, etc. Uh, but, uh, One of the advantages watching TV, I said I was talking to Fiend before we went on air, was the fact you could see how much physical stuff was going on just to get the football. And uh, although it looked like the ball was going over, there was a hell of a lot going on in those tussles.
0: It was absorbing.
1: Um,
0: And, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due. Our boys looked down and out uh, halfway through that, well, towards the end of the third quarter when. GWS had gotten on top and they'd had that 15 minutes or so. Uh, I really doubted whether we could come back. And the fact that we did uh, in such emphatic fashion uh, it was just, it was, it's the best win that we've had as a club for a
1: long time, in my opinion. And it may go a long way to uh, building up our confidence for future matches as well, um, in terms of uh, if in similar situations that we won't give up. Um, those. GWS got those two goals in particular in the third quarter so easily, being that uh, I had this feeling, here we go, we got a crumble, and I think you probably felt the same at the time. Um, but as you say, we, we rallied and we held, and then the last quarter started to dominate. So it was it was a terrific effort.
0: All right, well, we've got tons to talk about, so without any further ado, let's round up the scores so far from the weekend. Uh one out of five so far. One out of five for me. I don't know how you guys are going.
1: Uh I picked along, I picked Carlton, um I uh, picked North Melbourne, that's three. Um I picked Adelaide, that's four. Oh, uh, you're doing
2: pick... Yeah, you're you doing well.
1: Doing well. <laughs> no, I didn't picture do you. I thought, I about, thought
2: about Sydney and then Erd, and I thought about Carlton and Erd. Yeah, same and here, and Nick. Same turned, here. Never... I, I, but I, sorry. Picked, I picked us.
1: I, I turned I backed Carlton. I backed them at $3. Look, um, the the, uh, the coach being sacked, um, you know, a financial term they used in the stock market was had a crash and the dead cat bounce, um, the... the the team that get the, where, whose coach has been sacked generally wins its next game. But on top of that, I've been saying all year that they've got a fair bit of talent in that side cut and they're not playing anywhere near the capacity that they should be playing at. And they started off playing a la Bolton. It took them a quarter and a half to shake...
2: Bolting out of them, and then after that, <laughs> trying hard, Macca. You had to love their endeavour. They were trying hard. Oh my God, those commentators are going to get a cop
1: on the nomination. <laughs> they look, they look now anyway. one and half good. Anyway, come on.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So Friday night we had Geelong absolutely belting Richmond, and if that's what Richmond are going to bring on Thursday, then uh, it's going to be a nice, easy win for us. Geelong getting up one hundred four to thirty seven on Friday night and looking pretty
1: powerful at the moment. Yeah, well, look, you've got Geelong as contenders and no doubt they're contenders. And Richmond, unfortunately, injuries have got them and they are pretenders at the moment.
0: Yeah, and they lost uh, Vlaston, I think, uh, this week as well. Yes, they so, did. So yeah. uh,
1: just I, I, not I'd, a good I'd be time. Very, be very disappointed if we didn't beat them this week. Now, well,
2: uh, to, be fair to, to be fair to Geelong, though, they were playing a, um, a game against a team who only decided to play half a game of football. Really?
1: Geelong longer a good side, though, Nicky.
2: They are, but Richmond really didn't turn up. And where's all the questions being asked of Tom Lynch?
1: Yeah, it's a good question.
0: Yeah, they probably argue yeah. that there's uh, not much coming his way at the moment, though.
2: Oh, I thought, no,
1: he's had his uh, chances. Thing. He's I mean, had
2: his chances.
1: He's kicking for goal, isn't it? it reminded, um reminded me perhaps of Nicky lining up for goal, the way he's kicking. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, uh, Saturday we had Carlton, as you mentioned, Macca, the obligatory uh, new coach bounce, getting up uh, yeah. with a with a what was it a forty something point turnaround after being bugger all at halftime or something, seventy eight to sixty three oh. in the end over Brisbane, who uh, have shown that they're a little bit of a one trick pony with Lockie Neal. I reckon that a few of those midfielders actually have gotten a little complacent with Neal getting as much of the ball as he does um and uh yeah just falling away by 15 points in the end
2: and Fagan, and Fagan didn't do the one guaranteed thing to actually ensure a win for his team which is to actually put a tagger or somebody to sit on crips to yeah. allow him to have 37 disposals and the Nicky, they that were thirty. they, they were
0: they were nearly 40 points up weren't they you don't tag when you're 40 points up
1: they 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 got to
2: but once it once once the game changed uh, you need to do something to rectify it, not keep doing the same thing that's not working.
1: Yeah, I am, I'm down in cause uh, quarters, actually, on this one, theme because, um, look, it, they, as I said, they looked a la Bolton for a quarter and a half. They were trying but stuffing up all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, and Brisbane were just dominating with the with the ball out the centre. But then Cripps decided to turn it on. And it's like as if he said, I've had enough of this, and I'll tell you what. I've never seen one man just turn a game so much in my life. You know, in the second half, he had 22 uh, possessions in the second half, whereas um, uh, the Brisbane Black, uh, what's his name? So, Lockie, his Neal. name? Lockie, Lockie Neal. Locky Neil, he was dominating in the first half. They tagged him out of it in the second half, and he only had six possessions in the second half. And Cripps uh, was just incredible, this man mounted of a guy. You know, this is Macca saying, is he a ruckman? I said, no, he's a midfielder.
0: Was he <laughs> one, 194 he, centimetres he, or something? It's fantastic. He's
1: taking these huge marks and kicking goals and, and bashing his way yeah, through. So in, anyway, Macca, this isn't the Carlton podcast.
0: Yes, they had a win. Yes, it's great. They're still on the bottom.
1: No, I just want to praise up Chris. Nah, Chris one wrong, best, podcast. Best wrong,
0: wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Go on to the bluebaggers.com website. I don't, I don't give a and shit.
2: We, we, we... <laughs> no, don't I give a shit. we were going to have a horrendous Saturday because there was that result. I was watching an uh, SANFL team play, and oh, my God, they were not playing well. How the hell we came away with the win, I still don't quite know. And I thought, oh, we're going to get smashed by GWS, turn up to the ground and find out that Lynch is out.
0: Yep. Now, look, stay on track, you two, because it's turning into a rabble already.
1: <laughs> and back to normal
0: Yeah, uh, Gold Coast, uh, not good enough for North Melbourne uh, with a double cap bounce, uh, Macca uh, 99 <laughs> to 72 at, like, significantly this was at Metricon and uh, I expected Gold Coast to go alright at home um, and uh, some worrying signs there, they've come right off the boil, not that they were travelling great but I felt like they were going okay for where they are in their squad development but this would have been a disappointing match for Stuart G, uh, going down by 27 points to North.
1: Yep, started watching the game, abandoned it uh, about halfway through. I couldn't stand watching it anymore because the Gold Coast, as you say, they're, they're so much off the ball, it's not funny. And uh, they're a very, very ordinary side. I've gone through, and I can't really see where they're going to win another game. And um, I'm afraid, I, th- I can see that Carlton's probably going to win another three, possibly, Um and I think we're going to have to settle for second uh, draft pick, not first.
0: Oh, Number two is better than number 12, though, isn't it? It is. Hmm. Uh, um,
2: I just wondered about that game. Did um, the Gold Coast players think they'd been to China?
3: Oh, how long they should be to recover? China.
0: No. They should have got up over this. I know Gold Coast have travelled heaps. They've been to all parts of the bloody country. Uh, it's a uh, home really... game Home game against a team that hasn't been travelling that well, let's be honest. Uh, they've got a lot of young kids. They should have beaten North Melbourne and they didn't at home and there'd be a little bit of
1: soul-searching, I'd imagine. I'll ask you just one question on that theme. Lacocious, um he's been very pretty unimpressive so far in the season. Mm. Am I expecting too much from him too early or is he mm. not as good as he was wrapped up to be?
0: How long has it taken Himmelberg to come on, Maccah? But he
1: wasn't wrapped up to be uh, the best thing. These no, no, no. It
0: like, how, how many tall forwards, or tall players for that matter, make an impact in their first season of footy?
1: He, well, he was played mainly around the ball and on the wing and all over the place. But, uh, look, I might be being harsh on him, but uh, he's done nothing to excite me.
0: No, the only thing that I worry about with Lukosius is that he might be a touch small uh, for... Uh, I think he might have been playing in key positions as a junior because because he could, but I don't know whether he's a key position player at AFL level, and I think that may find him out a little bit because I don't know whether he's got the tricks to play in other positions, if that makes sense. Uh, anyway, and today we've got Sydney uh, smacking West Coast without Hearn and Yeo, and I wish I'd changed my tip when I heard that, but I didn't. Uh, so uh, Sydney getting up by 45 points in the end.
1: The interesting thing about that is that not only did uh, West Coast lose, but every time they've lost this year, it's been by over 40 points. So if, you'd, if you did fancy Sydney, you ta- should have taken them 40 and over because... It was forty and over. They've been beaten by forty plus every time they've been beaten. Uh, they they didn't give much of a yelp at all, really. And uh, to Sydney's credit, uh, they they really uh, their young blokes went well. And uh, Buddy was on, of course. That that makes a big difference when Buddy's on. Yep. And uh, well, look, they were far too good. Uh, how much the uh, loss of Hearn hurt them? Well, I think he hurt them a lot actually, because oh, um, I think Yeo Yeah that cost some bloody. So Thirteen, well, fifteen all, tackles it. a game. Yeah, first of all, they've yeah, lost it where the action is, and then they've lost it where they're defending it. So, yeah, good point.
2: He's he's a very underrated player, um, particularly in Victoria. Yeah,
1: yeah he wins he hard is. balls, Nicky, and he tackles a lot as well.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, but enough of that crap because who cares? We've got Collingwood and Melbourne on Monday. Who cares about that? Uh, Collingwood should smack him, but Melbourne will probably win. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to our game, shall we? we, were, we were. It was a classic win, in my opinion, and I'm sure everyone else is here. Adelaide getting up uh by Twenty-one points in the end, which uh, didn't look likely halfway through the third. Uh, we're getting up uh, 12 goals, 10.82, to 9 goals, 7.61, keeping that team to 9 goals, 7, keeping that team to 43 inside 50s, and a ton of other things, it was just a fantastic effort by both players and coaches, guys, I reckon. Yeah,
1: can't argue with that, Bean, uh, because I uh, uh well, I would picked Adelaide, you know, it's a little bit of loyalty in it and a little bit of hope and also a little bit of track record that we we generally win against them. Not always, but we generally win against them here. Uh, but um, Riley O'Brien, I just can't speak too highly of his game and particularly his last quarter, absolutely outstanding. Uh, and uh, in fact, I think he was the, the basis of the drive of that last quarter and, um, and the and our and midfielders uh, individually uh, I thought they all did good jobs um, and I know that the uh, GWS midfield they got good numbers and they always will because they quality but I think overall we won the midfield clearances and I think we won the boundary clearances so or, or around the ground uh, clearances um, their midfield is more dangerous at getting loose and away from uh, not so much at the bounces but they, they do create space very well. And, uh, but I think on top, overall, we got on top in the midfield and I think our defence held uh, very firm and we had a, a massive defensive press um, and uh, that was the way that the coach wanted it and the boys played to that and uh, I wondered how good it was going to be and it actually was good enough in the end to break them and let us get the goals at the end to end the game.
2: At one stage, I thought we were being coached by Ken Hinckley because there was an absolute flood going on um, in the third quarter. It was, it was this perfect little circle that, um, unfortunately, they actually got a goal out of it, which never bloody happened. But um, um, we uh, there was I don't think there was anybody even in the centre square. It was that much of a, a press-up that had happened. For me, I think the build-up towards this, game has been coming I think the game last week we didn't play well but that belief that was there and you saw that with Kelly's first attack on the ball his last attack in the Melbourne game and his first attack, he's the confidence was there he knew he could do it um and he took those particular chances and as we've said um Fiend, we've discussed you know those those come from behind wins where we kind of haven't deserved to, but we, we haven't gone to water when there's been that press, continual press happening, that we hold our nerve and come back at them. And, and I think it's been that whole combination that's been coming. And combine that with the fact that 10 minutes before the game, we lose Lynch, who would have been integral to that game plan we'd instigated. Yeah. Which I think is why we struggled a little bit of moving it forward a bit better because we'd lost him um, and they had to adjust very quickly and Greenwood had to play as his replacement player, which he normally doesn't really do. Well,
0: he's not quite the same player, is he?
2: No. So so there had to be some real, just some little tweaking that happened in that 10 minutes and for, those pl- and for our players to go, yep, okay, this is how we're going to play. The interesting
1: thing also is that we didn't tag... Um, they did tag Rory and they also uh, tagged Smith in the half back line, which is why Led got off the chain a little bit because each uh, team ended up with a, a loose band in defence. And ours happened to be Led and uh, uh, their guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he was just marking everything in sight. If we, if we kicked blindly up there, so. No, it's Haynes. Um, Haynes, that's the guy. Um, yeah, so. Uh, they, as I said, they tagged in two positions. They tagged in the middle and they tagged on, the, on their half-back line. But I couldn't see any hard tags that we applied anywhere.
0: No, I don't think we had the personnel for it, Mac, to be honest with you. And I think, personally, it looked to me like rather than concentrating on individuals, we are concentrating very heavily on their ball movement. Um, you know, we had a, a really tight, compressed grid going, didn't we, Nick? Um, yeah. You know, our... our defensive uh, six were pushed up really, really high uh, for large parts of the game. Uh, we didn't want to give them the corridor under any circumstances. And it took GWS a while to to work it out. And really, um, it was only that period in the third quarter where I felt like our midfield just tired a little bit and probably dropped concentration just a little bit. Uh, th- yeah, one,
2: they... of, one of them in particular.
0: Well, yeah, but I think all collectively, Nicky. Um, I know who you're talking about, and I don't disagree, but he wasn't the only one. There was a few others that were caught uh, on... Yeah, uh, a little bit uh, watching. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just concentration. It, w- it was a tiring game plan that they implemented. There's a ton of running, and our blokes for 90% of the game uh, ran defensively really well. Um, but just in that period, Which, uh, it yeah, was when... On that, though. yeah.
2: I think that's why we had the change in the last quarter of the set-ups that we went with because of what had happened in that third and the tiring that had happened. Yeah. So for the entire last quarter, Miller was in the midfield.
1: Yeah. Almost yep. the
2: entirety of that quarter.
1: yep um, and, we, I mean,
2: and we banished another player out.
1: But uh, Brad Crouch had run with uh, Cornelio. That's the one one the nearest we got to a tag. And I thought he did a very good job in keeping Cornelio down uh, through a very... Uh, moderate game for, uh, by Coniglio's standards.
0: Well, he got enough of his own ball, and we, we'll talk about individuals in a minute, but I, I think I felt that overall the game plan was sound. Um, it relied on one or two individuals uh, doing uh, playing to the, the utmost of their potential, and I felt uh, they did so, but I, I just felt it was a very disciplined game, uh, and when the game was there to be won, some senior players for once, some senior players stood up. Um, and it was very pleasing to see Tex and Sloan and Betts at the death, along with Huey, um, really uh, put their mark on the game when it mattered because it's probably a criticism
1: of our team at times that we haven't been able to do that. I thought that mark of Tex in particular was an outstanding fill up to the team and uh, a lift to the whole team to see Tex actually leap off the ground like he would have about three or four years ago. And take an absolute patch screamer like that so uh and I think that that did mo- uh, motivate the team a lot It was interesting
0: to say uh, to hear what he had to say about that after the game macca he said I didn't know I had that in me now what does that tell you about his confidence
1: aerially? yeah, yeah it's a big point I didn't I didn't I missed that point um, that that actually did say that uh, he's hasn't really been trying to do it. Well, not so much trying, but
0: hasn't really felt that he... And it shows with the one-handed, you know, efforts and all the rest of it. He he clearly doesn't have confidence above his head. Um, and he clearly feels within himself that his uh, better days, younger days, whatever, are behind him. And I, I don't know, I like. I still feel like he's too heavy and I, I feel like...
1: He's definitely he, too
0: heavy, yeah. I feel like he tries too hard, and I just wish he'd be a forward. And at that particular moment, all he did was see ball, jump at the ball, took the ball, and that was just a classic forwards mark. And that's really all we want from the bloke. Yep.
2: I, I think it's also that it was I've stuffed up because he fluffed up that kick. Well, yeah. Just prior to it. Yeah. And that's and often and you're both ex, well, one of you's not ex footballer, but you footballers. You know, we've always been coached. If you make a mistake, go fix it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't, don't get think
2: the about next it. One. Go fix it up. So I, to me, that was that was the next one. He was just like, I have to go at this because I fluffed that up. We've yeah. got to get another chance. I've got to fix it up again. Yeah, I um, saw
1: that
0: the same way, Nikki. And hopefully, it gives him a lift in confidence that he's actually capable of doing that. Uh, he
2: also, the, the part of that statement though, Feen, you, you kind of got to work within also the way he presents himself is he very much downplays his own skill set mm. on a lot of things. He's he's very self-deprecating. Yeah. So I, I think you kind of have to take that statement with a little bit with that in mind as well.
0: Well, yes that's all well and good but at the end of the day he's paid to take marks and kick goals so yes I'm sure there's a thousand reasons but at the end of the day what he needs to do is more of that so whether he needs to go and sit with a sports psychologist or or whatever I don't I don't care the the bottom line is he needs to take more marks and kick more goals anyway let's get into some head to head stats uh fascinating stats really uh Disposals were pretty even, 372 to 385. Uh, Both teams wanted to kick the ball far more than handball. Um, We took 103 marks, which is high for us, 113 to GWS. Um, They had 13 marks in the first three minutes or something or other. Mm. Um, 59 tackles to
2: 53. That was all in the back half.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I'm just saying it it was... Quite a standout. Um, Rob only just went down in the hitouts, thirty-six to forty. Uh, freeze, twenty-four to seven. <coughs> <laughs> just twenty-four to seven. Uh, disposals and per. And they still sco- miss
2: some.
0: Yeah, well, they're always going to miss something. They're human. Uh, disposals per scoring shot still pretty high, but that was the nature of the game. It was a very much a possession-heavy game. Um, methodical approach into, into forward line, so you'd expect it to be. Ours was 17, theirs was 24, so it showed how much they struggled to get through our defence. Pardon me, clearances, we won 42 to 36. Uh, rebound 50s, uh, they won 43 to 34. Inside 50s, I said it's the only thing I got right on the rev up. Uh, and it's probably the only thing that Cam and I got right collectively on the rev up uh, was that if we held them to under 45 inside 50s we'd win they had 43 <laughs> and we had 56 um, so uh, we did limit their forward entries which did frustrate Cameron at times I felt uh, although they did play a very interesting forward setup and we'll get to that in a minute uh, contested possessions, we won by 20, which was a key, I feel. Uncontested mm-hmm. possessions, 250 to 216 their way, which shows how much they were chipping around, like you said, Nick, in the back half. Uh, disposal efficiency, both pretty good. We we're at 70, they're at 73.8. Uh, contested marks were even at 15 apiece, as were marks inside 50 at 7 per- Um What else have I got? And our clearances, uh, the centre clearances, we won thirteen ten. Stoppage clearances, we won twenty nine twenty six Meters gained, we were 400 or so up on them. Intercepts about the same tackles inside 57-10. to The biggest thing uh, that is noticeable in those stats is not that they're relatively even all the way around, but what actually happened from about the 15-minute mark of the third quarter until about the 5-minute mark of the last quarter. Um, that's the story of the game because we went from a uh, at the 15 minute mark of the third quarter we had a plus 23 disposal count and by the beginning of the uh, last quarter we were at minus 9 so we basically stopped having the ball and the disposals were very much if you have a look at that a little bit deeper um, and you look at contested and uncontested possession during that period We were still contesting uh, reasonably well, but our uncontested possession uh, differential went from parity, uh, about minus 3, to about minus 29. So in that 15-minute period, uh, our ability to maintain possession, which had been the cornerstone of our game for the whole match to that point, fell away, uh, and they were able to control the ball. They had a far greater number of uncontested possessions during that period of time and they were able to convert as a consequence
1: Yeah, It's one of those situations where numbers don't lie think. Uh, yep. they actually absolutely uh, reflect what actually did happen Yep
0: uh, it, It's quite, uh, you know when you get clear t- changes in momentum in games it's quite interesting to look at the stats and see where they actually originated from um, and you know, that that stood out. Our, our contested possession count also diminished, uh, so we were at, at uh, around about plus 23. By the start of the fourth, we were down to plus 12. So they started getting it, they started keeping it, and they started forcing us to turn it over a bit during that period of time. It was quite uh, a substantial change in the game from a statistical point of view. And, and it, as you said, Mac, it does reflect what we were seeing with our eyes.
3: Mm.
2: It was also who, who'd who gone off. Rob.
0: Yeah, to some extent. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, well, let's have a look at the... Um... And,
2: and, jo- and JJ still did pretty good, but it was that extra kind of bit around that Rob was doing and the problems he was causing with the way he was tapping it. Um, that well, I, I think part of that.
0: You know, uh, it wasn't hit outs. Uh, Rob lost the hit outs and
2: uh, Rob, I, Rob I, lost the hit I outs quite well,
0: well. It can't be a crock of shit. It's statistics. Well,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm watching it at the ground and he's winning most of those taps and I'm going, but how are they giving it to Mumford?
0: I I, I think it was an interesting one.
2: And I I think because a lot of the times it was actually the pair of them were both getting their hands to the ball. Even if Rob was... Rob was then actually directing where he wanted to Mm. to go. I think they were then giving the tap to Mumford because his hand was in front, but Rob was the one who was actually affecting where it went.
1: Mm. In any case... You might have a point, Nicky, because I've often wondered myself where who they give the tap to when... They both get their hand on it. One gets there first, but the other one actually ends up uh, influencing it. So uh, it is a good point.
0: Yeah, look, in any case, uh, there was a bit of a disparity in the hit-outs during that period that in question we went, but not not to a great extent. I think the, the Rob coming off, the bigger impact that that had was in his second efforts. Because his, his second efforts are around the ground uh, and his ability to take advantage of Mumford's lack of mobility at ground level was a, was a real positive of his game. And I think him coming off just robbed us of that extra midfielder, so to say, um, that extra right. presence yeah. inside. And yeah. I think that's probably where... And, you know, when you look at contested possession differentials and all that, it kind of bears that out that we we kind of lost that effective extra midfielder.
1: Yeah, and that's what I love about Riley O'Brien. It's it's not just the uh, leaping for the ball and trying to direct it. It's once it hits the ground, he still <laughs> thinks he, it's my ball.
2: And uh, Or he protects his his midfielders. And and that's something that I've watched him grow into in the SNFL. And and that's why we've always considered him to be a Source clone because Source at his peak, when he was at his greatest. His nickname in the club was Tall Mid mm. and to me Rob plays that same kind of way um, because he is physically very similar um, to Source and and that's a great way for him to get involved. And he's also he's got a very good footy brain. His only problem is his pigeon toes, which affects his disposal um, and he can't do anything about that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. No, look, you know, and we'll get to individuals in a minute, but I, I thought... Uh, I, I thought that uh, his input was key to our winning, and, and you rightly pointed out, Nick, when he was off during that third quarter, uh, it did have an impact. I, I also felt that a couple of our midfielders just uh, uh, dropped their concentration levels somewhat. I, I felt that uh, Brad uh, stopped running defensively. I thought that Cam Ellis Yeoman stopped running defend, uh, defensively. We were getting less out of Matt Crouch during that period of time. I just felt like we were starting to tire um, and that's why uh, throwing Miller in in the last quarter was a really good uh, idea just to, just to uh, spread the load a little bit more. And also, I, I don't know he... what they did with Sloan, but I also felt like they, they freed Sloan up somewhat.
1: Yeah, moved him up forward. Um, but you're 100% right. Because of the problem with Sloan, um, I, our midfield had to work harder to, get to uh, and more rotations to cover for him. And uh, they were, you're right, they were tiring at the three, around about the three-quarter time mark, which is why Miller came in there uh, to actually slow down the rotations. And if you have a look at the rotations, it's the first time I've seen us use our full 90 for the game.
0: Yeah, for quite some time, actually.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, and it's I think it is related to that, the fact that Sloan was being tagged very heavily um, and he uh, he went up forward uh, on a half-forward flank a couple of times and uh, that just uh, meant that, the other uh, midfielders had to work that little bit harder. And I know that Nicky was critical of uh, Brad, critical of a couple of others, and uh, and the criticism was probably valid, but they were also tired boys and they've had to work uh, very, very hard.
2: Yeah, so what we did is we, we pretty much we pushed Brad onto the half-forward line. Now, occasionally for when it was around the ground, he would come up and work as part of a high half-forward and become part of that midfield if there was a ball up or a throw in, and then he would drop back again. Centre square was Miller was always in there. Um and it was a number of the others that is that would be around him. Sloan was in the centre square um quite a bit in the last quarter, but we did the normal thing of pushing him up forward, which was when he got um that mark and the goal, that was when he was he was pushed forward for that one. It was very interesting in that when it was about the last two minutes to go that who Pikey pulled off, which was Greenwood, um, uh, and I think it was actually Douglas, and he sent on Gallucci and Cam. Correct. And and he had quiet words with Gallucci just before he put him on. And I really like that because, to me, that shows exactly how much value he sees in Gallucci. Now, there was one kind of thing he did and – where the ball was around, he was being pushed around, he's spinning, you know, any other player. So if it was Douglas, he would have fallen over and stayed on the ground. Yeah. But Gucci is very Eddie-like, keeps his feet, spins around. Where's the ball gone? Where's the ball gone? And it it was really reminiscent of what you see Eddie do in the forward line. Um, But I thought it was very, very interesting that that's who he wanted on for that last little push to ensure we kept the win going. The other thing which they they didn't show, so there was about two minutes to go, the GWS bench held up a great big sign. It's orange, and it had one word on it, which was win. We then kicked the two goals. Didn't really work for them.
0: Well, maybe they're messaging to us.
2: I thought (laughs) thought it was very nice that they gave us that message. (laughs) But I I thought that that was kind of interesting. And Davis, after match, he said, yeah, we got a bit loose when we tried to win. And that's when they got the goals mm.
0: yeah, well, they had no choice really they had oh, they yeah.
2: had
1: to take
0: more chances to try and
1: get through I, and I all felt... that when means sticky is they had to take chances as that saying that's all it means
2: and the, and the way we'd set up our backline, so whilst you said we didn't tag anyone specifically, we kind of did in the back line, so it was always where possible Hardigan was on Cameron
0: well that's not tagging that's Curry. defending. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's defending. But um, sometimes we're kind of happy with what we wanted. Talia closer to goal. We had him on Himmelberg, and and Himmelberg only really got away from him a couple of times. We didn't have Talia
0: way. close to goal. Talia was up high. Hardigan was, yeah, was the one close to goal. Ha- Hardigan was on Cameron um, for most of the night.
1: Hardigan was,
0: was uh, Talia was taking marks at bloody half order at some stages. Yeah, he, was
1: playing, he was trying to follow Himmelberg.
2: Yeah, that's when he was following his man, who was supposed to be yeah. the, the deepest forward. But you're not going to let your man go forward. I, I, actually, um, found so that,
0: doing- I actually found the, the matchups of those two quite interesting because, in my mind, Talia was always going to go on Cameron and Hardigan was always going to go on Himmelberg. And I, I found it interesting that they tended to have Talia playing higher, covering uh, Himmelberg, and to a lesser degree... What's that other guy's name, Mac? Thomason or someone?
1: Uh yeah, Tomlinson yes.
0: Yeah. Uh and, and Hardigan was pretty much one out Cameron for much of the night. And I, I felt asked. felt they did a great job, but it wasn't the matchup that I expected.
1: Well, uh, no, I wouldn't have uh, on paper, but when you look at why they did it, uh, and it did work, is Hardigan has got speed and uh yeah. Cameron is surprisingly quick for a big yeah. game. And uh I think Talia would have been uh chasing his mum a little bit. So I think the match-ups were very, very good because Hardigan, uh, uh, he, you know, his job was just to try and negate him and, and stop him, and he did He did a great job, I thought, great job. And uh, I think Talia did pretty well on the other bloke. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think the coaching panel got it right.
0: Yeah, um, I've two areas still of concern. I think our, our forward 50 work is still a little bit um, on the nose. Um, but I tell you what, isn't it nice when a forward takes a contested mark? Does it doesn't make <laughs> a bloody difference when a forward oh, takes right. a contested mark? And whilst uh, the Tex, Sloan, and Greenwood marks were pivotal in the last quarter, the one that I enjoyed the most was in the third when Jenkins outmarked uh, Davis actually that, that was a cracking one-on-one mark, and I haven't seen J.J do that against quality opposition for a long long time.
2: well he, he, he kept trying to play from behind all the time and David yeah. kept out marking him. He finally actually learned to at least get alongside him.
1: But yeah. I do think though that the um, the pain that uh, Jenkins suffered by going back to the beast for so long has got through to him and he, and he seemingly I think he's putting a lot more effort into a game than he was before.
0: Oh, well, I think, it, I think it might have just focused him a little bit. I think, look, I I think our observations that he was at playing complacent and arrogant were spot on. And his comments yep. when he got dropped reflected that. Terrible. Um, so he's obviously one of those sorts of players that does react to a little bit of attitude adjustment in the twos. Um, mm-hmm. And at the moment, he's playing at the level that we want him to play. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, Nicky, I I hate it when he plays behind. He do, he still does it too much. Um, and, and he
2: was too much.
0: Hopefully they way. just put that contest with Phil on loop um, and the one in the first minute of the game too where he let up nice and strong too and kicked our first goal. Uh, because when he does get in front, he's such a big body that he's very hard to get around. And Phil Davis is no slouch. One, one of the best centre-half backs in the comp. And, uh, you know, Jenkins just put himself between Davis and the ball and Davis couldn't do anything about it. We need more of that from Josh.
1: Yep. And as you say, Davis has been in great form lately. He's probably very close to all Australian form at the moment. So uh, to get, get a couple of good goals on him like that, they were good goals.
2: And he also, his work against Mummy, it was very, very interesting. I was surprised he actually didn't have some freeze played against him a little bit because um, a couple of those ball-ups, he put the arm out and he just held Mummy. He just kept that space. He didn't allow Mummy to actually come in and body him, um, which he's done previously. He was like, no, you're staying there. And Mummy couldn't get close to him. It's like, Jojo, you actually understand the strength you have. You can do that. and I was really quite pleased to see that aspect of his game. It, there's still some issues there. We know that. And, and I think there's always going to be issues there with Josh. But the simple fact is that he's not a natural forward. He's come to it too late um, for some of these things to to be fully rectified.
0: Hmm. The thing I noticed about Mumford is that he's not as tall as you think he is. Like he's, His chest is as wide as bloody... Uh, Adelaide Oval just about, but he's not overly tall. And uh, one thing they mentioned in the commentary, which I didn't really take into consideration, but it's it was a fact, and I think it is telling on him, is that he didn't have much of a pre-season, which means that no. uh, he's hasn't got a huge amount of uh, gas in the tank. And I think that showed as the game wore on because O'Brien uh, just ran him off his feet, really. Yeah,
2: And I, I would be surprised if he actually... Did played more than 50% game time because it looked like he was only playing about half of each quarter. He was only on for the, like, the start bit. Then they took him off. O'Brien was still on. Then they had their secondary Ruckman come in and up against O'Brien. Then we'd take O'Brien off for only a couple of minutes. JJ would go in and then O'Brien was back on again. So mm. I'd be very interested in the time on ground stats between 80, the
0: eighty two. 82% for uh, Mumford.
2: Well, it didn't look like it.
1: Yeah, I thought he was on most of the time. I I didn't actually. There was only one
0: time where I I felt, sorry, Mac, There's only one time where I felt he got a chop out, to be honest with you. I I didn't see him, apart from about five minutes at the end of the third or I think it was, I can't remember, or maybe sometime during the last.
2: They might have pushed him forward and then I think he just kind of stayed there and didn't do too much.
1: I never saw him that forward, Nicky.
0: No, it was the, yeah. the the guy that chopped I, I him noticed... out was the guy that DSG in the chat said had his head wrapped up in a bandage. Tom was Lundson. Was yeah. yeah, Tom, Tom yeah, That's who gave him the chop out for a few minutes. But aside from that, I didn't see him take much of a rest at all. Anyway, let's get into some individual stats because there are some interesting ones um the two crouch boys of course dominated again in terms of disposal uh maddie i thought had a really good ret- uh, another one who who surprised the hell out of me because i thought matt would be slow and needing a run but he uh, slotted back in nicely 15 pretty ki- silky wasn't he yeah he was he wasn't bad at all actually 15 and 19 for 34 took seven marks three tackles, three inside 50s, uh, had six clearances, uh, one rebound 50, uh, 14 contested possessions, went at nearly 74%, uh, three centre clearances, three stoppage clearances, four score, score involvements, gave us 320 metres, uh, and uh, I thought it was a pretty good return. Excellent.
1: What well, head
2: problem? What? I said, what uh, hit
1: problem? Oh, you oh, said, what head problem? <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, I really liked his game. I had him in the top three players on the ground.
2: Yeah, yeah. he just—it wasn't—he didn't take a, a a step backwards at all. It was just like he hadn't missed a beat at all, coming straight back in.
0: And you know that's credit to the fitness staff because Matt is usually one that will take a, a week or two to get back up to speed. And when he's coming back off a off an injury, often he'll lapse back into that short handball. You know, short kick style, but his kicking was good, uh, his kick to handball ratio was, was perfectly fine um, so we didn't see any of those traits, uh, so he came into the game fully fit um, and coming off a hip injury, that is you know, credit to, to the blokes behind the scenes to get him up
1: Yeah, good point
0: uh, Look, Bradley, 15 and 16 for 31 uh, two marks, kicked one goal two, should have had at least two goals one, he's got to tidy that up uh, three tackles, four inside fifties, seven clearances. Um, he went at seventy uh no sorry, fifty one disposal efficiency, fourteen and sixteen contested possession, uncontested. No uh nine score involvements, four thirty one meters gained, uh, turned it over a little bit. Uh, still a bit untidy with the ball and but I like each
1: game though. I thought overall you, all the points you made are valid, but uh, and I'm not going to argue against, against those, but uh, no, Brad, we don't win either. He, 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 I agree with that. He, yeah. He had, I thought he had a very good game.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm harsh on him for those couple of things that he did wrong there because that's there's something that is a, a long-term problem that both he and Matt have. Um, they They both are not – you can't really trust them in terms of a defensive run. Matt's gotten better. But he's limited by the pace that Ma- that Matt can go. Brad, of course, has a bit more pace than his brother, so he should be better at it. But he's n- naturally that's not his instinct to do that. And he, and as you pointed out before, Finn Sloan's had to remind him that that's what he should be doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Still like but, his game though. He yeah, worked very yeah, hard. On still the had video. a
2: still had a good game. He did work hard on going to go. So the problem still, little things, to get him to that elite level of midfielders, which is what most of those GWS midfielders are, is he's got to fix they up are. that side and he's got to stop getting his teammates into trouble. He's uh, very fond yeah. of giving the ball to teammates who are under pressure. But yeah. That applies
1: to a lot of others too, don't he, he gets a lot of ball under, under pressure. And uh, I, uh-huh. I had Brad in the top three as well.
0: Mac, there was one time on the outer wing where he's had the ball for a couple of, like, five seconds, he's looked through his options, and he's given it to Alex Keith, who's just about to get absolutely pulled That polished. was a shocker. Absolutely and, shocker. And Brad does that two or three times a game. And it's not always under 100% pressure, so...
1: That um, one would know, but that was a, a very clear-cut one and in your favour there. Yeah. Uh, but it, I still like the rest of his game.
0: Look, I think... Um, a lot of some of it is positioning. I think Matt tends to work um, back of the play a little bit. Brad tends to get forward of the play a bit, right. um, and I think uh, neither of them run defensively terribly hard. But I think it's a bit easier for Matt because he down, doesn't overcommit up forward, um, and maybe that's an instruction from the coaches that you know they don't. You know, Brad. Brad is to be more offensive and. Uh, Matt's, you know, to be more defensive. Who knows? Pete did uh, point out an observation a few weeks ago that he felt that the midfielders were playing in 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 separate zones during the course of games. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but I would like to see Matt with
1: that. Yeah, I reckon that's right.
0: I, I would like to see Brad uh, if he's going to play forward of the ball and if he is going to be an attacking midfielder, he's got to convert his opportunities. And both the points he kicked on the weekend were. Gettable goals. Uh, one of them could have been critical.
1: How many score involvements were he involved in? Uh, quite a few, nine. Yeah, that's what. I'm I'm sure he's used as an attacking weapon, and Matt's used as a defensive weapon.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's how it is. Uh, but that said, that doesn't excuse him from chasing when it's his turn, turn to chase. And there's been a few examples where Brad doesn't do that.
1: Yeah, I, I can remember the couple of you were talking about, and he was looked at, absolutely pooped. Yeah, he
0: did. And I think he runs quite hard forward. Uh, you know, but it's not a good look when blokes are just blowing past him. You know, he's got to be able to give those second and third efforts, mate. Uh, Laity, 20-8 and eight for 28. Uh, still pretty inconspicuous, I thought. Three marks, uh, three inside 50s, uh, seven rebound 50s. Uh, he only had five contested, when at 82%. Uh, six score involvements, 547 metres game, which surprises me, and six intercept possessions, which surprised I didn't actually notice Laity all that much. Um, well, the
1: stats actually uh, bear out the way he played his game because, as you said, I think only five contested possessions. Now, um, because Smith was the man that was being marked and he couldn't get the, the amount of run that he normally can, Yeah, um, Laity was the man who was getting the easier balls. Um, And as you say, but he doesn't have that same type of leg that Smith has. Mm. So, um, yeah, I can remember the ball being given a lot lot of times and then a lot of times under pressure as well. Um, But, you know, um, a reasonably good game, but not an outstanding one.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Totally wasn't a bad game. Uh, Miller came into the game uh, in, in the last quarter, as you guys mentioned, 16-5 and five for 21, 9 marks, uh, 5 tackles, 5 inside 50s, um, 2 rebound 50s, uh, went at 71.5% disposal efficiency, uh, 4 score involvements, uh, 309. I, I felt he was quiet for periods of the game, uh, but he was quite pivotable. Pivotal, pivotal at times as well, particularly in the last.
1: Sound like Stephen Row with pivotal.
3: Yeah, um, thanks
1: for that, mate. <laughs> he makes that words all the time. Every time he's on here, <laughs> um, but Miller uh, no, Miller is going to be a star of the future. There's no doubt about it, and he's just slowly blossoming each year. Um, as he start, he, he's only I think he's only just starting to believe that he's as good as he really is, and I still don't think he's quite there in believing. it. And believing it totally. Um, His last quarter uh, was very, very significant in our win, I think. And uh, he's just got, because he's got that beautiful pace, he uses the ball well, uh, he's got crook-old skills, evasive skills. Um, Yeah, look, to me, um, you know, um, the way with structures allowing, I'd love to see him in the midfield uh, almost permanently.
2: And I I think we're building towards that. Very much so, because he he gives us that bit of speed, but he also he's got hardness to go with it. He's tough. Um, and, oh yeah, I mean you, you look at that mark he took in the first quarter with the, the pressure he had coming at him. Beautiful, um, secure hands um, to to take that under that type of pressure. So, and when that game the game was there to be won, we the faith was showing. You're in the middle. You have a job to do. We're relying on you a lot because you you have to give us something we haven't been able to get in order for us to win this game. And I think he was very integral to that win in the last quarter.
0: Yep. Yeah, no look, I I kind of disagree to a bit to an extent because he had twelve kicks in the first half, um uh, and only four in the second half and two of those in the last quarter. And I think that the thing that Wayne's got to do is be able to get possessions when the game isn't on our terms. Uh, I think he looks very good as part of a link in the chain uh, and part of the process when the process is working, but he needs to be an influencer and a disruptor. And I think at times when the game turns, sometimes Wayne isn't as involved as he could be. And I think the stats again, kind of bear that out a bit Um and I think whilst I felt like his move into the midfield in the last term gave us a little bit more pace and a little bit more presence, it wasn't him that was uh, that was uh, distributing the ball. It, like, no, it, it, he, it,
2: he wasn't distributing, but what he was doing was that he was stopping them to get that breakthrough, that fast break out of the middle. A couple of times they, they got the... They seemed to get the clearance and they were trying to get out. And he was the one who was closing them down, stopping them getting that, that ball out. So to me, that's the setup we were having in that midfield to stop them, but also then allow us to get control back and get it going our way.
1: Mm. I actually agree, I agree with both of you, but uh, I think he's right. He's, uh, that's why I said before, that he's, he's starting to believe in himself. Once he totally yeah. believes in himself, I think he's going to be very, very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh no Ben's doubt about that.
2: Yeah, re- really valid points.
1: Um
0: now where was I? Um yes. Uh who was Let's talk about Rory Atkins, shall we? Um eleven mm-hmm. and eight mm-hmm. for nineteen, three marks, two tackles, two inside fifties, two clearances, no rebound fifties. Uh he had five contested possessions, only went at fifty eight percent disposal efficiency. Um but gave us 4.66 metres and had three intercepts. My personal Mm. view on Rory was that he started like a shell of himself, uh, but as the game wore on, uh, he seemed to just find a little bit of touch. Uh, His first half was shocking, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, His turnovers and his fumbles and all the rest of it. But he did get himself involved in the game, um, and he did keep... Trying to get himself involved in the game, you can't fault him for that. And I felt like his run in the second half was uh, was important for us.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't actually say two, two firsts. I didn't see him do a squib for the game. Maybe I missed it, but I I didn't see a squib. And uh, the other thing I didn't see was an unnecessary uh, dancing on the spot and twisting and turning when he. Uh, I think he was a lot more direct when he took the ball, and I'm sure he's had his ass caned. During the week about his previous game, um, so and you're right, Ben. He started poorly, and and but I thought by the end of it he was playing reasonably well. well Matt, I mean,
2: Matt's got um, a, Matt in the chat's got a very valid point though about him, in, and it's something you notice at the ground is that he dawdles when he doesn't have the ball. So there's a number of times he gave his player just that little bit too much space because he just dawdles along behind him instead of just getting cl- as close enough so that he can either get there to affect a spoil or put pressure on a not hours player to take an easy mark or to intercept or if we turn it over to then get away from him and run away from him. So he's, he's still got that in him, but I think you're, you're pretty right there, Fienden, that the first half was not good, but the second half he was into a, um, a lot better. He did actually go in hard for him. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, uh, a
2: couple of times, and there, like there was one of the push offs. He did, He still did that little push off thing, but he had nothing to give it to. Yeah, a couple of times there was the runs down the wing. There was nothing. He had to hold the ball up because yeah, but they had he missed targets. He,
0: he missed. He missed. Uh, yeah. targets a, a couple of times. Look, I I agree with the dawdling. He's actually. Uh, Funnily enough, he's very one-paced. He's either stop or go. He doesn't seem to be able to stride out. You know how you get those blokes that do those quick steps, yeah. but but they can still stride out. He, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, he, he runs like uh, a bloke who does not welcome contact. So he doesn't run at a confrontation um well how can i put this if if someone is is uh, predisposed to being wary of 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 uh contact he's not going he's not going to break into a into a bounding stride to get there is he and that's what i think uh, rory's uh predisposition is to avoid those situations that said, I felt like he put himself in amongst it enough. Uh, and got some important touches, um, but i his touch in the first half was shocking. Uh, but I felt like he did work himself into the game. But for an outside player, we meet, we need more than fifty eight percent disposal efficiency. Correct. Yeah. Um, Galooch. love Galooch. Fast becoming my favourite yes. player. And Good player. Just starting to edge up in the disposal tally, which I really like. He still had 9-9 uh, nine and nine for 18. Uh, took eight marks, uh, one tackle, uh, four inside 50s. Uh, he went at 56% disposal efficiency, so there's an area that he's got to brush up on. Uh, Surprising he... for him. Yeah, well, I actually didn't we... notice him turning the ball over that much. So anyway, five score yeah. involvements. Uh, I just felt like Galucci one of these kids that at critical moments he seems to find himself in the right position and does the right thing. Bit like bit like Greenwood, I reckon. It could be out mm. of the game, but at critical moments when he's asked to do something, he seems to innately do the right thing.
1: Yeah, he's, he's around the place when the, when it get, when the going gets hard. Um, some of, one of the reasons he disposed would be down a little bit because... He was trying to go over some of these daisy-cutter passes. There were two or three of them that just landed that little bit short rather than hitting the chest, as he normally does. Um, So the ball was wet, and that's probably a little bit harder. Uh, But uh, overall, I I do like his game. He's got that lovely burst of speed, and uh, there were a couple of balls that he won that he shouldn't have won, and uh, overall, I liked his game.
0: And as you point out, Nick, clearly has the trust of the coach.
2: And he's also got the trust of his teammates as well because there was one of those marks I remember watching the replay. Um, the commentators are just like, oh, that's a risky kick. And I'm looking at it going, no, they're kicking it to Gallucci. It's not a risky kick, mm. you know, it, because we know he can take those marks. He's got a great leap on him.
0: Yeah, well, not mm. only that, he's got a great leap, but he also doesn't shirk it either. So he will nah. he will hold fat in the contest and, and hold his line. So, yeah, excellent. Uh, look, Sloney uh, was quiet at times. It was well held um, at times by their tagger, uh, but still had 17 touches, uh, four marks, five tackles, uh, four inside 50s, uh, a couple of clearances. Uh, he still had nine contested possessions. He went at 70%, gave us 300 metres, five score involvements, five intercepts. Sloney, even though he's tagged, still finds ways to influence the game, and none yeah. more so than... That grab in the last quarter.
1: Yeah, well, that, with
2: Mummy closing down on him.
1: No, it was a beautiful, beautiful, mark though. He just held his uh, position, then used his left arm to to mark it one hand. It's a um, the one thing about Sloan that you can you can actually he is taggable and, he, and you can restrict him, but you won't ever stop him totally. And uh, he has his capacity just to do the right thing in in the big moment. So uh, we all love Rory.
2: Do you, yeah, do you that,
3: reckon?
0: That... Sorry, Nick. Go.
2: I... Yeah, I was just going to say that little bit of passage on the outer wing in that, the last quarter. Um, so the ball's just kind of bibbling and bobbling back and forth. And it was Sloan and it was Betts and it was Walker on the wing that were fighting and fighting and fighting and not allowing GWS. It kind of kept looking like they're about to get it and kick it into their forward line. And we just, it was just like, no, it was the Gandalf, you shall not pass moment happening. But it was those three guys. That did it, and you know, and that just lifts the rest of the team.
0: Do you reckon that if it had been someone else except Sloane going for that mark, do you reckon Mumford would have ironed him out? Because to me, it looked like Mumford almost looked at who it was and thought, "Oh no, nah, the ramifications yeah. of knocking Rory Sloane out would be too big." Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, it is a good point because um, the commentators made a point that he could have, he could have taken uh, him and, out. Yeah, could have taken him out, and and usually would have. Uh,
0: yeah. It was surprising. Yeah. I, I reckon if it was Richie Douglas, uh, Richie might just be waking up Bye. now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: there, there is, remember, there's a lot of bad blood between Richie and GW. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Uh, CY had another good game, I thought. Uh, he had eight and nine for 17, so not huge disposals, but uh, four marks, nine tackles, uh, four inside 50s, four clearances. Um, had 11 contested possessions, went at 70%, um, four score involvements, not a lot of meters gained, but I just thought he was a bull in close.
2: And stupid Dermot Brereton before the games talking about all these Adelaide players that they'll, they'll play better in other teams. And he thought, see, um, Cam would be one of them. who will be a star in another team? He's like, sweetie, he's already a star in our team. You can't have him.
0: I, I swear that Dermot Brereton was on drugs in that. And that coverage. Oh. And he's in my yeah, cockworm bullets.
2: Yeah, he didn't think Eddie's goal was that hard.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think he's obviously related to Burton. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway.
0: Absolutely. Um, look, and the last one I want to talk <laughs> about. Uh, is Riley O'Brien because uh, to my mind he was best on ground Uh, 14 kicks 3 handballs for 17 touches uh, 3 marks 3 tackles 29 hit outs 6 inside 50s 9 clearances if you don't mind Uh, Won the clearances Absolutely He had 12 contested possessions Forget about his disposal efficiency Uh, He gained us nearly 400 metres He had 5 score involvements 3 intercepts if that's not a kid having a breakout game, I don't know who is.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Payne. Uh, he was the other one of my top three, and 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 number one spot. Um, look, he his influence on the great on the game was huge, absolutely huge. Because first of all, I thought he matched blows very, very well with Mumford. and Mumford's regarded as one of the best in the comp. And then, secondly, he absolutely pantsed Mumford once the ball hit the ground. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Killed and, him. Uh, and he, yep, and uh, uh, was very, very influential in our win. Very influential in our win. And so he has to get the number one uh, spot.
2: Easily. Easily best on ground. Um, Mark Bickley, you cockwomble, um, <laughs> who did, who only gave him one vote. What? Out of the three.
3: Oh, God, no, he's no, a no, knob. He
2: was third best. Rad was first, then Matt, and then Rob. No, no, no. Those two have no influence on the game. If Rob wasn't getting it first, He's such a nod. the way he was getting. It.
1: Yeah, but you know, that, that's, everybody's got different opinions, Nicky. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, at least he got the he, he did get the three. I so thought he got the top three right. Maybe the wrong order, but that's not bad. Uh,
0: well, what's what's your basis for not giving Riley O'Brien best uh, best on ground? He's uh, broke even on hitouts. He's uh, leading clearances. He's <laughs> like, come on. The only thing he didn't know, do was hit the scoreboard, for goodness sakes. Well, he
1: kicked yeah, it behind, so... They always say those things, you know, like assholes, but he's a bit, he's got Everybody's got one.
0: Yeah. Look, I, I'm so pleased for Riley because, look, he, he entered the team with a lot of doubts. Uh, he was the part-timer, just uh, the placeholder until Sauce got back. And I must admit, when Sauce wasn't named this week, my immediate thought was that the coaching staff had decided to sacrifice Riley this week in order that we could have Source fit and firing for the uh, game against Richmond. Um, I think
1: you're right. But I think that backfired on the, on the coaching staff.
0: Well, what we saw is a kid who just decided that he was going to take the game on. And... Um, you know, against against a beast, and his second efforts are fantastic. He stays inside the contest, Riley. So you'll often see him actually getting a, a handball back from a midfielder. Um, you know, second yeah, or Knigler, third possession.
2: Caniglia gave him a beautiful um, handball. Yeah, but <laughs> one day, Rob, Rob tapped it down. Caniglia, got it and kind of tapped it forward, and Rob just ran straight. on went, "Thanks." Yeah, and off he ran with it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, all we've got to do is remember that when Riley's got the ball from a uh, free kick, uh, someone just needs to take a handball. Take the pressure off the kid. Absolutely. Just take the pressure off the kid. And you could see Mumford, every time he was standing the mark, he was getting as forward as he possibly could to put pressure on O'Brien's kick, and well, he should. But, yeah, it was just a, a fantastic breakout game from Riley, and I've been a doubter, and I'm no longer a doubter. Whether he remains our number one ruckman when Source goes down, I'm not quite sure, but... He's certainly done his chances uh, no harm whatsoever, and uh, he proved himself to be capable at the level, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he's got a massive tank on him, hasn't he? Massive tank.
0: Yep, one of his strengths, and he used it against Mumford. He ran him off his feet. Yep.
1: Uh, look, I thought Tex uh, was poor
0: until he was good. Um, six marks, um, two goals, so two... So,
2: grounds- Um, he was creating some great movement. He was supplying some beautiful leads. We kept freaking kicking to Jenkins, who always had two players on him, um, high bombs instead of the smart kick. Once Jenkins had led to the pocket, taken that extra defender, and then Tex was actually doing a lead further away from his defender, had a break on him, beautiful kick to him would have worked every time we kicked it to Jenkins. Only yeah, once the... did we kick it to yeah, I... checks on the lead, and that was Douglas's one good thing he did. So... I can't remember
1: two or three like that, Nicky. Yeah, right.
2: it, no, there was a lot of it. He was doing a lot of really great work for absolutely no respect from the rest just, of his teammates what in your, the delivery Just
0: watch your cord there, Nick. Um, look, I've heard that a few times now from people who have actually gone to games, not only in Adelaide, but also interstate. So it's probably time that we actually look at this a bit more closely um, because... Uh, one thing we have been guilty of over the last month is some pretty poor inside 50 work. And uh, our inside entries are pretty shallow. Um, I don't
2: feel like we're structured.
0: I feel like our forward line's always quite crowded. Um,
2: Yeah, so so teams are working very hard to do that. And And this GWS game was perfect for it. They were working very hard to stop us getting the ball anywhere within 10 metres of the – about 16 metres out, so we could have that nice kick in. Um, they were making us kick from about um, about 75 metres out, so that enables them because they were always having Haynes as the, the free player, which then we're having to kick over quite a congestion pack. It had to be that higher kick because we were slowing the ball down to work it around, and and they had the same problem as well. Um, because of the way we were doing it. So I think it was a lot to do with the nature of the game and the way it was, the ball was having to be brought in. So we we still need to be smarter about what we're doing. I
1: think you're right, Nikki, And I think um, the way the game was played, it was not a game where forwards are going to get a lot of easy kicks. Um, and uh, so, often they, they, do, they make leads, but... Um, as you said, that sometimes the lead might not, might just be a little bit too difficult or by the time they kick it that far, that's going to be spoiled, etc. Because um, there's no doubt about it, they, they, they brought in all these rules so you wouldn't have congestion in, in the forward lines and uh, the coaches, they just find their way around it. I think it's even worse than it was before.
0: Well, I still don't think we're playing a terribly good structure up forward and I don't particularly think that our big forwards are working well together. I felt like Tex and Himmelberg had a better um, pattern between the two of them in terms of their running patterns. I don't think JJ's a natural uh, footballer, so he often doesn't um, lead at the right times or to the right spots, and I think that probably has an impact on Tex
1: (laughs) as well. Yeah, not not enough spread there.
0: No, they're either both at the same contest or one of them's blocking up the hole for the other one uh what there's not enough room in front of our tall forwards to lead into half the time and often we go we're getting pushed wide we're kicking to small blokes as a consequence you know it's it's still a bit of a mess um so i don't don't know uh, i don't know what's to blame it's it's hard it's hard to know what's to blame but uh, it's certainly not cohesive at the moment but it just shows the value of Contested marks because uh, taking a a big, strong grab can uh, cure a multiple of ills, can't it, And uh, we saw in the last quarter that a couple of grabs up forward uh, was all it took.
1: Well, we had four contested marks that got goals uh, in the third and fourth quarter. So I right, we going to Jenkins? Jenkins was third quarter? Right. He took that strong overhead mark. Was that in the third quarter, Jenkins?
2: Yeah, that was in third
1: yeah, so yeah, the third we got four we got four goals from contested marks. Yeah. And and that's probably than we've had all year. Yeah, well, pretty much.
0: Look, of the rest, I thought our back six were really solid. I thought Talia and Hardigan played really well. It's good to see Talia uh back in some form because I feared for him after the last couple of weeks. Um yeah, but he was back to his on, solid man. self and I thought he was a uh, really good. Um And I think they both. I think our back six benefited from having Hardigan back in the team, and I really don't think we can afford to. I would if we're up against a a small forward line. I'd rather see Talia and Hardigan in and Keith playing small, or even Hardigan playing small, rather than dropping one of them because I think that the three of them have a very good understanding, and it does allow us some flexibility in terms of if one of them's getting uh, beaten, we can flick them around a bit
1: yeah because Hardigan and Keith can both play boys as you say and um, uh, and if they do have uh, taller guys come up there they can certainly handle them as well and uh, I think the chemistry between them all is pretty good as well um, I'd also like to say say that Kelly I thought uh, was pretty solid for a change uh, or not not for a change, but he's not noticeable I thought he's pretty solid for him.
0: yeah i I think for the last couple of weeks defensively he's been really good. Um, he's been really good in the air, uh, and I felt like this week he seemed to be more in tune with what we were trying to do, uh, in terms of our ball movement and whether that's because Pikey slowed the game down so much that all of a sudden Jake was on the same page. I'm not quite sure. Um... (laughs) But he did seem to be uh, more cohesive with the rest of the structure instead of, you know, it seemed to be playing to his own, beat of his own drum. So I I actually really like Kelly's game. I thought it was pretty solid.
2: Mm. Yeah, I really liked his and Hardigan's game in the back lines. I actually thought they had very good games, Mm. um, the pair of them. Um, I'm I'm with you, Fien. I really, because even though Richmond are a bit shorter still once again um, in their forward line, I we know Hardy can can play on a small, yeah, and he can play really well. Um, and it just it just seems to work better mm. with them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Smithers we know was tagged. Uh, had a little bit of influence at key moments though. Um, Eddie yeah, some was
2: really great defensive actions.
0: Yeah, uh, Eddie was Eddie. Uh, Hugh was quite difficult to come in uh, Eddie, with five minutes Eddie of notice. Eddie was on
2: from the start.
0: He's been on for three and weeks. I
2: think that, Mm. yeah and and you know that that goal he got at the start, but there were some moments just before that you're just like no, no, no he's he's in the groove, you can just kind of tell when he is, so whilst it was still that ebb and flow back and forth, which didn't really suit him when there was that moment in the last because that he'd had that in the first quarter, I think you wouldn't have had that goal in the last quarter without that. Those sort of moments
0: from the first. Yeah, Eddie's actually looked on top of the ground for a, for a few weeks now, and he's got that sparkle in his eye, um, yeah. you know. And we know he's a burst player; he's not going to be a, a, a you know hundred minute player. Um, but uh, God, he's dangerous. And that goal again—I mean, for God's sake! Uh, just the presence. Two times of, against GWS. Yeah, in I know, that Just target. just the presence of mind too. And I've got to say um, that. Uh, that type of kick and I'm not going to be sexist, Nicky, but I'm gonna to talk to Macca here.
3: <laughs>
0: that type of kick where you're on the right side for a right footer, but you've got to lay the ball across and kick it like that, that's harder than a bloody check side in my opinion. Yeah, Don't very you reckon? Much so. He mm. was falling away and he had to lay the ball across and what often happens when you try to lay the ball across at that angle, like to kick it in that at that angle is that you ended up end up either torping it or flat punting it. But for him to be able <laughs> to get it. for him to be able to get the right amount of spin on it, to not hook it too much and, and go through for a point, uh that and to do it under that much pressure off balance was just ridiculous. It was a fantastic goal.
1: And a his boot sweet, doesn't it? Uh, uh-huh. It's amazing. It how. just hits
0: the he hits the ball correct like in the right spot all the time. It's just unbelievable. Uh, and,
2: and I love the um after the game, did you see um, he was interviewed and he had Louis and Alice with him? Yeah, And yeah. they showed some vision of Louis kicking a goal yeah. beforehand. He goes, yeah, I'm a left footer. And they said, Who's, whose goal was better, your dad's or yours? And he goes, mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Just what I just want to mention a- on Greenwood, uh, I thought his touch was out a bit. And I know that he wasn't prepared mentally for the game probably. Um, but, but twice he went for a ball one-handed and uh, around about the – in between the wing and the half-back line and uh, didn't take the ball. Yeah, I know. It with only double GWS and both times it cost us a goal. Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, I felt like he looked off a step. Um, Perhaps that's what the coaches have been seeing. uh, I was surprised by his omission to start off with, but perhaps that's what the coaches have been seeing you know, maybe a lack of touch on the track, perhaps uh, as well. Ooh. I don't know, but he did look a little bit off. But the thing with Huey is that he's another one, like like I mentioned about Gallucci, he seems to be able to stand up in key moments, and and that's not a that's not a trait to be taken lightly. You know, to get to be able to make an make an impact at a key moment means that you've got to be switched on, you've got to be in the right position, and you've got to be able to execute the skill, and there's not a huge amount of players that can do that consistently and Hughes seems to be one of those. And I reckon that counts for a lot when you're trying to figure out who your last two or three selections are.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. All right, so that's uh, that's it. All in all, a, a fantastic win. One of the better wins that the club's had for quite some time. Um, You've
1: been kind. You've left one bloke out.
0: Uh, who now? Douglas. Douglas. I'd, Why well, I'd talk about him? I'd...
1: Like, Well, that's why I want to talk about him. Yeah. It. All right, we I was can surprised talk. he was included. I was, and... I was going
0: to talk about Douglas in the in the Wake Up Award, but anyway, All we right. can talk about him now. Yours? No, 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 you run the show, Mac or I'll just press the button. god <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're sarcastic. <laughs> no, but look, uh, yeah.
0: Douglas shouldn't have been in the team. Simple as that. And he showed why he shouldn't I have agree.
3: been in the team. I it was agree, a stupid sure. selection.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, he shouldn't have been there. And uh, look, um, I, yeah, he, you know, played, he
2: actually he played well in the SNFL, and I was afraid that that was going to possibly get him in because he's he's been quite good. But it, this was such a high pressure game. He was fumbling. He was reaching for the ball instead of going for it. He does one nice thing, which is a kick to tax. I need him to go back to the SNFL. Thanks.
1: Now, which means that. Um, Gibbs, I I would have much rather had Gibbs in there than him. Well,
0: I'll put another name up for you, Macker. I would have much rather had Chase Jones in uh, than Richie Douglas because what we lacked...
2: Or McHenry.
0: Well, I mean, probably Chase because it would have been a debut for McHenry and I didn't know whether it was perhaps the right game for that. But Chase gives us aggression and speed and they were the two things that I felt we were going to lack against GWS. And I don't exactly know... I mean, Richard Douglas had a good game in the twos, as he should have, because he's a 250-game AFL player. Um, but he had that good game as a midfielder, and I just, I felt like if they were going to play Richie as a half-forward, there were probably three or four other options. Hugh Greenwood would have been a better option for mine, uh, but mm-hmm. Chase Henry in particular would have given us an extra chop-out in the midfield with a bit of pace and aggression. And I was really disappointed that they didn't go for the kid. Because to me, Richard Douglas isn't best 22 anymore. I agree. I do
2: do wonder, though, just watching the last two SNFL games, uh, even though Chase has got a lot of the ball, he's just looked a little bit tired to me. So I I wonder whether it's, you know, because he did play um, quite a number of games at the start of the season in the AFL. Well, then give him a complete rest.
0: Then give him a complete rest. You know, if he's tired, if he's sore, give him a week off. You know, but if he's playing in the SANFL, he's fit enough to play. Nick, in my opinion, and he would have been better. We would have been better off with ten or twelve Chase Jones touches than five or six bloody Richard Douglas touches. And yeah, Richie hit up a couple of nice passes and all the rest of it. but he made some. He made some terrible errors and he wasn't up yeah. to pace uh he wasn't good uh, below his feet below his knees uh he didn't impact the contest at all really and i i just thought it was a, a wasteful selection correct anyway let us go and have a look at our awards shall we because there's probably i mean we've probably talked about them already but uh I think we all know who's going to get this one. Breakout Award.
1: Rob. Yeah, no, Riley O'Brien wins that one, hands down. It was a day he said, I am, an and I yeah, have a good one. I
0: agree with that, Macker. I think uh, he was fantastic. So, uh, easily the Breakout Award, and maybe this one too. Probably fighting with Matt Crouch and maybe um, Ellis Yeoman, I reckon.
1: Sorry, because the music was breaking up all the time, I don't know what it was.
0: No, Jed of the the Week, Macca.
1: Rob. Um, I
0: think I'll go with him. I'll go with Rob. You happy? Honourable mention to Matt Crouch, I reckon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think the, the way that Matt came back that it wasn't, as you've said earlier, that he normally takes one to two games to just kind of get his touch and he was just like bang, on song. Yeah. Which makes chill. me think that he, he was possibly ready for last week's game but we didn't want to take him on the trip up um, to Darwin and back again in the, the heat that it was mm. obviously a, a good decision in terms of the, the fitness staff.
0: Yep. Yeah. And this one I think we've already spoken about, haven't we? Yeah. Really, uh, you could probably make a case for Greenwood. Uh, maybe a case for Lockie. Oh, no, Lockie Murphy was pretty good. Ten and three. No, Lockie oh, L- yeah.
2: L- 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 was good for me. Green- Greenwood, I wouldn't make a case for him on this. To the fact that there was, he had ten minutes to prepare yeah. for a game. Yeah. Um. So, I I forgive him to being slightly. Off in that respect, but he still tried to be involved. It was a couple of like those great tackles that he did in the third, um, and things like that. So he was two, still those involved. Those two huge like tackles said. in the third, that, oh, that, that, that were, they were yeah, they were fabulous. Yeah. So for me, it's Douglas easily.
1: Yeah, Douglas. Douglas for me too. I agree. Now,
0: which one to use on Tuesday night? Uh, Nicky's, I think. Me. All right. Well, the cock one we can save until Tuesday night then. Um, we can do. But I would like to make a special mention uh, in your smack segment, Maka. Um, but before we get there, I just need to say a big thanks to Ryan at Smith Partners Real Estate uh, for their support of all the Crowcasts during the season. Ryan's just returned from a nice overseas junket uh, holiday Um and uh, uh, we thank him for his support, along with Down to Earth Electrical. Obviously, Scorpus's hardware unboxed. If you're looking for some techie advice, get along to that YouTube channel. And all of our patrons who support us on Patreon, we really do appreciate everyone's support on Patreon. Uh, if you do want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash uh, yeah, crowcast. Or you can go to aflcrowcast.com and click on the Patreon button to support us. Right, Macca, uh, I hope you're armed and ready to go because... No, I wasn't,
1: but I've, I can come up with one sweet and one smack on, on the spot. That'll do. Oh, yes, well, right. That's what I am. And I really don't care who knows I
3: don't...
0: I just... Go for it, mate.
1: Well, um, my sweep for the week has got to go to Riley O'Brien and because I, I think that we actually got ourselves a genuine Ruckman uh, in the absence of source. He's taken time. You know, he's been building week by week by week, and uh, Mumford is regarded as a formidable opponent. And uh, in my opinion, uh, if you take uh, the impact that he had on the game versus the impact the Mumford game, uh, had on the game, he can Mumford. And... Uh, so big sweep to Riley O'Brien. Um, and my big smack of the week, is goes to Brisbane for folding like a crumpled Constantina <laughs> against Carlton. I mean, seriously, they were about 40-something points up and the, and I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, kick their asses, that's it, beautiful stuff. <laughs> and they've just crumpled like a smashed Constantina. Absolutely shocking. So that's a brief one for today. A brief
0: one. Have you got any, Nick? Got a little bit of time?
2: Oh, uh, he, He's, he's going to feature in... Uh, um, cockwomble, but Kane Corns for outing the um, uh, the umpires' results as to who paid freeze, etc., in our game. Um, I oh, think he might he, get a bit of a split from the AFL about that, but also went. I think I think a small smack actually needs to go to Riley O'Brien though, because he very naughtily said what his results were for the 2k time trial. Whereas we just say who what position they finish in, we don't say what the time was. But he said he actually ran the 2K in um six minutes. Was it six minutes, 13? Or something like that.
1: Oh, and one more, one more smack and that's for the, the to the uh, scoreboard review system. My God, it is it is just getting worse and worse. Oh, and I'm it sorry, is with time. That.
0: Oh, uh, in um, the other games.
1: Yes, in the other game. There was yeah. one there that was clearly a goal. They got, because they, they looked at about seven bloody shots of it from side on. There was one shot from front on, which was the one that we watched on uh, watching the game, you could clearly see it was a bloody goal and they settled for a point absolutely wrong and uh, the one shot, I mean, they looked at all these positions and apparently the reason they didn't get around to looking at the front on shot was because they got 41 seconds to come up with with an answer. Well, I think that's stupid. If you're going to try and get it right, if it takes 48 seconds or 53 seconds, you do it. You don't come up with the wrong answer just because the time runs out. So big smack, you, always get everything wrong. Get a, get a a bunker, get professionals in, do it properly.
0: Yeah, look, my uh, smack is uh, to um, Dermy, and normally I don't give a shit yeah. what Dermy says, but he in the post-match uh, show, he made a couple of comments about... Um, about gambling addiction that I felt were just not only uninformed, but just completely uh, just dismissive of the problems that, that uh, addicts of any sort face. He was basically saying that, you know, gambling is a, a legal thing and everyone has the choice to gamble and not gamble and we should treat our bank accounts, you know, as sacrosanct and blah, 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 and. Uh, you know, he he was basically saying that it was a choice of people to uh, to get down the rabbit hole in terms of gambling. And I mean, if ever there was enough empirical evidence to to confirm that gambling addiction is just the same as drug and alcohol addiction or nicotine addiction or uh, any other kind of addiction that people can can suffer from, um, I I just wish that. I mean dermy's hard enough to to listen to when he's talking about football, which is apparently something he knows a little bit about but I wish people i wish people just like Dermy would him. just shut up when it comes to social issues of which they've got no idea because he's got to be he's got to think about the people that are on the other side of the camera, and uh, he's obviously got an uninformed opinion. Uh, that is not based in any evidence, and he just—it was just a terrible two or three minutes. And you could tell that Brad Johnson and I think it was Nairally was on. You could tell that those two were cringing at what he was saying, um, and he just—he just needed to shut up. It was very poor.
1: Well, you know, that, I agree with everything you've said in that comment there, Pete. Uh, but you uh, started off with. I wish Derming would shut up, and even that was. Suspicious. Yeah, I could have just left it there, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have had a gut of that bloke. I really, really despise him. I wish they'd get him off the air. Yeah, I,
0: I, you know what? I didn't. I didn't used to mind him in the commentary with special comments. Every now and again, he would make an observation that was a bit left field, and it had some merit and all the rest of it. But I think as time, yeah, but now he's, yeah, he's,
2: he's, he's very enamoured of the sound of his own voice.
0: Oh, is he? Yes. A... Easy ever, God doesn't shut up. Anyway, look, uh, thank you to everyone on the Spreaker chat once again. Would know, I'll give you the challenge there at five fifty-seven comments. See if they can get to six hundred by the end of my uh, little outro here. Uh, we do appreciate everyone who listens to us live, either on Spreaker or on Facebook or on YouTube. So uh, if you're listening to this now on demand, don't forget that you can listen to us live on those three platforms. Uh, you can also listen to us on demand just about anywhere, including iTunes and Spotify and just about everywhere else these days. So uh, don't forget to leave us a review or a star rating or whatever it is on your particular platform that helps us out with our search results. Uh, as I, I mentioned... I,
2: injo- I was just going to say I enjoyed listening to your guys' Tuesday cast. I, I wasn't able to listen live, but I did listen to it at the drive-in to work. There Quite you go. enjoyed
0: Yes, it's, uh, it's not a bad listen, Nick. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and, and, and nobody needs
2: to pump up my tires.
0: I can do it all on my own really want. Well. <laughs> uh, like yeah, Mo- <laughs> just went too far. Uh, look, um, as I said, thanks to Ryan and Down to Earth Electrical and Smith Partners Real Estate for all their support, and Scorpus, of course, as well, and also Harvest the Furio. They've supported us in the past, so thank you. We will be back on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live um, with, uh, who was it? You, Nick. Me. Oh, well, I guess I'll turn up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah, going to be fun. Yeah, have a good week, Maker. Have a good week, uh, rest of your weekend, guys, and we'll see you on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live.
1: Not all. Yeah, good night all. Farewell.